Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Today I want to minister to you on the subject of learning to walk by faith and not by sight. Learning to walk by faith, and this is something we learn every single day, to walk by faith and not by sight. So let's lay a foundation by reading two verses of scripture, or rather two portions of scripture, one from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, and the other from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38 and 39. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, and Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38 and 39. So please find these two openings and let's read them together. I am reading now from 2 Corinthians 5. So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Hebrews 10, 38, now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Now for several weeks, we have been studying the subject of spiritual realities looking into the Word of God and discovering our new identity in Christ Jesus. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, For if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. God's Word, as I have mentioned to you several times, is a spiritual mirror giving us a true picture or a true reflection of who we are in Christ, who Christ is in us, and what we have because of Christ. Understanding these spiritual truths will empower the believer to walk by faith rather than walking by sight. One of the things that we often do is that we keep asking God to do what he has already done. Or we keep asking God to give us what he has already given. And the reason for that is because we don't believe that God has already done those things or he has already given us the things that we are asking for. 
For instance, we keep asking for more power. Lord, give us more power. We keep asking for more love. Give us more love, Lord, more patience, more grace. And on and on, we continue to persevere in prayer, asking God for things that he has already given us and deposited within our born-again spirit. Now, asking the Lord to give us what he has already given is a futile exercise, and quite frankly, it's a waste of time. How, how is God going to answer a prayer that he has already answered when Jesus died on the cross over 2,000 years ago? Now, and I'll tell you why we pray this way. And the reason why we pray and act this way is because we base our faith on how we feel and what we see with our physical eyes rather than believe what the Word of God says. It's very important for us to understand what I'm, what I'm sharing with you, to have a, an understanding and a revelation. The reason why we keep asking God to give us what he has already given is because we base our faith in the natural rather than basing our faith on what the word of God has promised that he has given us. For instance, here we are asking God to give us more love because we feel that we don't have enough love. We, we sometimes think that love is a is an emotion or a feeling, but it is not. The Bible says God is love. Now, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given unto us. If we go according to the scriptures and believe what the word of God says, we don't have to ask for more love because God says my love, the love of God, the God kind of love has already been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given unto us. When the Spirit of God came into your spirit, he brought with him all of the love that you and I will ever need or require. It's in there. But you see, because we don't feel it, we don't see anything, and we go by feelings and emotions, we don't believe that we have the love. But if we start acting like we do have the love, that love will be released, because love is expressed through words and actions. Believe that you have the love of God and act like it. When you act like you do have something, then God releases it and manifests in the natural realm. Another verse of scripture, for instance, we keep asking God to give us more power. Lord, give me more power. But the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, listen to what Jesus said. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Based on these very verses of scripture, this is the word of God speaking to us. 
We have all the love and all the power we need to do the job. We don't need any more love. We don't need any more power. All we need to do is start using and believing that we have it and act like we do, rather than keep asking God to give us what he has already given. Amen? So we draw the conclusion then that it's time we stop asking God to do what he has already done or to give us what he has already given and start acting on what he said. That way we will get results and we will get answers to pray. Jesus said to the religious leaders of his day, listen to what Jesus said. In Matthew 22 and verse 29, he said to the religious leaders of his day, you are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. Many of us are misled today, deceived, because we do not know the scriptures nor do we understand and know the power of God. You see, our faith must be based on the promises of God if it's going to produce tangible and visible results. That's the only way. When we say and do things, do we base such words and actions on what our physical senses tell us? Or... Do we base such actions and confessions on what the Word of God reveals to us? So we need to ask ourselves, where is my faith? Is it on the Word of God or is it on something else? Jesus often asked his disciples, where is your faith? He didn't say you didn't have faith. He says, where is it? Where is it based on? There's a difference. We can base our faith on the wrong things. And if we do, we're going to get wrong results. The Bible says, listen to what Scripture says for those who believe, those who have the spirit of faith. And all of us have received the same kind of faith that operated in Jesus. It is the God kind of faith. Paul said that in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. He said, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He didn't say, I live, I, I, I live in, by believing in the Son of God. He says, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That means it is, it is the Lord's faith, it is the God kind of faith that was given to us when we received Christ as our personal Savior and Lord. Now listen to what 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 through to, uh, I'm going to read two verses, verse 13 and verse 18, because this, this capsulates the walk of faith. If you understand this, you will understand the force of faith and how faith works. Paul says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, we're not going to get it. We have it, he says. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Notice, 
that the scripture says that those who have the same spirit of faith believe and speak according to what is written and not what their natural senses tells them. That is Bible faith. That is the God kind of faith. You see, there are two kinds of faith. One is natural, based on the physical senses. The other is spiritual, based on the Word of God. But the other faith is a natural faith, is a substitute to the real faith. True Bible faith is spiritual. It is of the Spirit. God is a Spirit. Amen? Now, let's read verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Furthermore, those who have received the same spirit of faith, they they speak and believe according to what is written. And furthermore, they do not look at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen. And by doing that, they change what is seen and temporary to that which is according to the eternal will of God. How can you see what is not seen? (laughs) There's a question. How do you look at things which are not seen? By faith. By faith you see what is not seen. You see what the Word of God says. You imagine what God's Word says. And by faith, you see that which is not seen in the natural realm. That is the spirit of faith. And the spirit of faith calls those things which be not as though they were. You know, someone said once, I have, God told him, and he said this, I have told my people. They can have whatever they say, but they keep saying what they have. I trust you catch that. Why? Because if we say what we have, it's because we're looking at the natural circumstances. It's because we look at how we feel. Amen? But the Word of God says we believe and speak according to that which is written. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are subject to change, but the things which are not seen, they are eternal. They are unchangeable. Now, this is the walk of faith in a nutshell. And these are the type of people who will see In the natural, the manifestations of God's glory, God's power, and God's goodness demonstrated in their lives. And let me say this. If we are going to change what is temporary and out of the will of God to that which is eternal and in line with the will of God, we must believe and speak according to that which is written And keep our eyes on the eternal word of God, which is none other than Jesus Christ himself. 
Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus. Not unto what so-and-so said, not what it looks like, not what it feels like, but unto Jesus, who is the only truth, who is the beginner and the developer of our faith. Our faith is developed when we keep looking to the Lord, when we keep looking to that which is unseen through the Word of God. And the Word of God is the agent or the person that connects us to the realm of the Spirit and enables us to see that which is not seen in the natural. I trust you understand where I'm coming from and what I'm saying. Because this is the walk of faith in a nutshell. Faith is always believing what is not seen. It's believing what is not understood in the natural mind. It is believing what is not felt. And when we do that, we will see the results in the natural physical realm. Now, the only power that can take us out of the realm of the senses is the Word of God. That is why the Word of God is so precious, folks. God's Word is invaluable and precious. That is why we should study it with an open mind, with an open heart. We should love the Word of God more than anything else because the Word is life and health to all of our flesh. The problem we face today is not with God giving because God always gives. He has already given. But the problem we face is with us appropriating and taking possession of what God has already given. It's one thing for me to give you, but it's another thing for you to receive what I'm giving you. I can come to you, knock on your door, and have a gift in my hands, and I offer you this gift, but you're going to have to reach out and receive and take possession of what I'm giving you. This is what we're talking about. And you know, sometimes even today, I wanted to bless a pastor today where I ministered, and he wouldn't receive it. And I said to my wife, I'm not going to bless him. He couldn't receive it. Sometimes we, you know, I, I, I always use my wife as an example. You know, she's so content with, with, with little things. She doesn't want much. And I, I want to bless her and I want to give her the very best. Sometimes I have to fight with her to bless her. But God is not going to do that for you and I. Amen. He wants us to rise up and increase our capacity of reception. Because God has so much more to give us. So much more for us to enjoy that we have not even imagined. I mean, the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the mind of man that the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. God has already prepared wonderful things, not just spiritual things, material things, emotional things. And they already prepared and they have been put into your heavenly account. And you know, the only way for you and I to receive those things and bring them from our heavenly account 
into this natural realm, we need to understand the walk of faith. If we fail to understand how to receive and appropriate the blessing of God, we will go without. And God is not going to force it on us. And I believe one day when we stand before God, before the throne of Christ, there will be many tears. And the tears would be the cause or the reason when we see what God had given us and what we could have had, and yet we have not possessed it while here on earth. The Lord will point out and say to us, this is what you could have had. But you were satisfied and content with so little. Wow. You know, our peanut brain cannot fathom that. That is why the necessity to renew our minds to those things which God has prepared for us. Hallelujah. God wants to bless you beyond measure. Why? So that you could become a vehicle and a channel of blessing to many, many other people. And when God blesses your life and touches your life, He has more on His mind than just you and your family. He wants to use you and anoint you as a vehicle of blessing to bless those around you and abundantly. Amen? Both spiritually and materially. Now, once we establish that God is not our problem, and that he's not holding out on us, then we are on the road to restoration and recovery. Because some people, the way they pray, you would think that God is holding out on them, that God is the problem, that we have to persuade God and pester him and and call him and again beg him and go on and on and on and on until we persuade God to give us. That is not the case. God has already given. God has already moved. What he's looking for is for us to rise up in the spirit and power of faith and appropriate that which he has already given. Now when you when you understand that your prayer life will change. Amen. Our approach towards God and our way of praying will drastically change from one of begging God to do to thanking God for having done it. There's a major difference in that. Amen. When our prayers is made up of asking God to do what he has already done, it's boring. There's no breakthrough in that. Amen. What we should be asking the Lord is to show us and teach us how to receive what he has already provided for us in Christ Jesus, rather than pleading with him to bless us or trying to earn his blessing through our performance. Amen. Some people base their faith on the performance rather than on the grace of God. Lord, I fasted. Twice, I fast twice a week, just like the Pharisees say. I read my Bible every day. I pay my tithes regularly. I never miss a tithe. And this and on and on and on and on we go, thinking that by, by doing that, we're going to twist God's arm to earn his blessing. We don't have, God has already blessed you because God loves you. Hello? Amen. So what we need to do is to start working on our receiver 
rather than pleading with the giver. And that takes teaching. That's why I'm teaching you what I'm teaching you. We need to be taught through the word how to possess that which is already given by promise. For instance, we have the children of Israel as a perfect example. The word of God says the children of Israel were given a promised land. You know that. But they had to go in and possess that land by dispossessing the squatters or the illegal occupants that were there. They had to put up a fight. And this is what the Bible talks about in the New Testament. It says, fight the good fight of faith. The word says that they were unable to enter the promised land because of their unbelief. Even so today, God has given us many promises in Christ, but those promises need to be possessed through faith and patience. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says, Be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, strongholds or negative thought patterns of thinking that we have inherited from our previous life, through our upbringing, through our parents, through our school teachers, need to be cast down and replaced with God's thoughts. Because those, those strongholds of negative thinking produce unbelief, fear, and doubt. And these are the things that short-circuit our faith. Now, these illegal occupants or squatters, they're not in a physical land. They are in our minds, in between our ears. <laughs> they are here, between these two ears. Through wrong patterns of thinking and believing, which produces unbelief. And until we renew our minds with the word of God, the promises of God will remain distant and unobtainable to us. Let me read you a verse of scripture, rather two verses of scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to verse 5. And I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. Listen to what the Spirit said through Paul. For though we walk and live in the flesh or in this body, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings, these are the strongholds I'm talking about, reasonings that are false, theories that are deceptive. And he goes on to say, And every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah. You see, the fight of faith is fought in the arena of our minds and our emotions. 
This is where the enemy has access by putting thoughts in our minds. And through these thoughts of fear, doubt, unbelief, manipulates our emotions and manipulates our feelings. For the word says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you want if you want emotional healing, you've got to have to change the way you think. The way, the reason people are depressed is because they dwell on depressing thoughts. Thoughts can produce depression. Thoughts can produce fear and doubt and unbelief. And these thoughts do not come from God. That is why we have to cast them down and replace them with the thoughts of God taken from the promises of God. Do you see that? So if, if, if we want physical healing or emotional healing, it starts with the way we think. Amen. We've read and we've studied the verse of Scripture a couple of weeks ago that says, your thoughts shape your life. And that is the reason the Apostle Peter admonishes us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. And I'm going to read that from the Amplified. He says, be well balanced, be temperate, and be sober of mind. A sober mind is a healthy mind. Be vigilant. In other words, be alert, cautious at all times. Why? For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. How does he do it? With thoughts. You know, the devil cannot touch you, cannot do anything to you unless you agree with him. Unless you agree with his thoughts. That's how he tempts us. Here in the arena of the mind. You win the battle of the mind, you win the battle. For the, I believe, according to the word of God, he who controls the mind controls the whole person. Hello. You cannot change the way you live unless you change the way you think. You cannot change your environment, your atmosphere, unless you change the way you think. I want, I want, I want you to, I want that to sink down, deep down. That's the only way we will see transformation. The word transformation comes from the Greek word metamorphosis. And metamorphosis is what we use when a, when a, a, a worm spins the cocoon and becomes a butterfly. And that's how we are transformed from mere human, weak, fearful, doubtful people transformed to loving, kind, powerful, wise, and fully uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit by the renewing of our minds. That's why Proverbs 4.23 says in the Good News Translation, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. 
This is the reason God tells us over and over again, both in the Old and in the New Covenants, to study and meditate His Word constantly so that we are enlightened with the truth of His Word and we learn to think the way God thinks and not like mere men thinks. You see, a renewed mind cannot be deceived. A renewed mind cannot be lied to because it knows the truth and knowing the truth sets us free from the influence and the dominion of the evil one. Bill Johnson said something profound the other day. I was listening to a message of his and this is what he said. For most Christians, closed heavens are between the ears. Closed heavens exist in their thought life that literally empowers the darkness to do exactly what the believer has believed. You see, if you believe wrong or if you think wrong, your believing will be wrong. And our faith will never rise above the level of our thoughts. And then he goes on to say, This is also very profound. When we are ignorant of what we possess, we fail to write the checks that are equal to the bank account God has given us. What if somebody deposited a million dollars in your bank account and you are unaware of it? You will live like a pauper. You will, not, you will not write any checks out because you, you are not aware of what's in your account. This is what he's saying. When we are ignorant of what we possess in Christ, we will fail to write the checks that are equal to the account that God has given to us. And so often we write such small checks because we live in such ignorance of what we have. Hello. This is so profound. The remedy, to remedy the situation, we desperately need revelation knowledge, understanding from the Word of God so that we may recover from our spiritual ignorance and begin to walk in the light and in the power of the Spirit. That is why I believe one prayer that we should always pray is found in Colossians chapter 1, beginning with verse 9 through to 12. And I'm going to read that prayer, and we're going to pray that prayer together as we close from the Amplified Translation. This is what Paul prayed for the church in Colossae and he says for this reason we also from the day we heard of it have not ceased to pray and make special requests for you asking that you may be filled with the full with a deep and clear knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom in comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God and in understanding and discernment of spiritual things. 
that you may walk and live and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him and desiring to please Him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper and clearer insight, acquaintance and recognition. We pray that you may be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory to exercise every kind of endurance and patience, perseverance and forbearance with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints in the light. What a mouthful of prayer. You can pray that every single day, the same prayer, believe in God. Because it is a spirit-inspired prayer for the Lord to give us wisdom, to fill us with the knowledge of His will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why? So that we may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him and being fruitful in every good work. And those of you who would like for, to pray for me, this is the prayer that I ask you to pray. All I'm asking God for and receiving by faith is knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. These are the most valuable commodities in the universe. You will not find any more valuable commodities than wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And I'm talking about spiritual knowledge and spiritual understanding. And all three are found in the Word of God. Amen. So we learn to walk by faith and not by sight. We learn to place our trust on what God said rather than what we see or feel or what anybody else says. The Scripture says, Let every man a liar and God be true. Let God be true and every man a liar. Every man, no matter who he is, no matter what he says, whether he's the doctor, whether he's the banker, whether he's your friend or whatever, let God be true. Let the word of God have dominion over our lives and base our trust and faith on the word and act upon the word of God so that we may see the living demonstrations and manifestations of God's power and God's glory released in our lives, obtaining and possessing all of the promises and all of the blessings that God paid a dear price through His Son so that we may enjoy those blessings in the Lord. This is the Gospel. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at Alpha Omega INT. Dot org dot ZA.